0: It's Barely on Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans, by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely on Topic. This week we're recording way too early, so I am not going to be sparkling. It's,
1: it's, it's, it's
2: 1125 Eastern, by the way, folks, just to be clear, a.m.
0: It is 1136 a.m.
2: Um. <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah.
0: Well, it is. I'm looking right at the time on my laptop right now. Okay,
2: so you're saying you made it later, so that makes you look even worse. I don't know. Anyway.
0: It's Sunday. It's sleep-in day. Um, And I did sleep in, but I'm really tired. I'm taking care of my dog, and it's tough. You try being wakened like three or four times a night because she shifts positions and you're worried. Anyway, I'm VA. I'm here with Jeff. Yo. And Tim. Hello. And we're here to talk about hockey. Okay, I felt like <laughs> we should treat this as just drunk history. That's what it should be. When these ep- episodes will all be drunk again. Tim, you're are you drunk already?
1: Oh gosh, no, I'm just drinking coffee.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, one of these days we'll just have a drunk history thing. It'll be really fun. Anyway, some things have happened since the last time that we recorded. We took last week off, which was beautiful and confusing, but that's okay. And oh my God, I, I'm not going to get over the Bruins loss until my hockey season's over. And that's not yet. It's like two more episodes to go. So I'm trying to hold it together. Ah, okay. So in the meantime, now that I'm not melting down, we have had the NHL draft and the NHL awards,
2: and some trades. Some interesting trades, and a bunch of uninteresting ones, but some interesting ones.
0: Right. Well, okay, let's start off with, you know, one of the things I want to talk about really quickly. The NHL screwed everybody over by not announcing what the salary cap was going to be until after the draft was over.
2: As in completely. Not even just day one. But not until the Sunday draft. Of course, is Friday night and Saturday afternoon.
0: Yeah, I, you know there were guesses that it was going to be eighty one point five million, but you can't do anything based on guesses, right?
1: Also, the original projection was like eighty two to eighty three, so eighty one point five. People were like, "Well, what the hell? It's lower it's than expected." A
2: swift it, it's Swift Kick in the nuts, is what it
1: is.
0: But still, some GMs decided that it was time to move some salary around, and that is how we got one of the most interesting trades in a long time. Yeah, P.K. Subban got traded again. So, like, holy fuck. Yeah, I would say poor P.K., except that I'm actually pretty excited
2: for him. Me too. Yeah, and I'm excited to watch these devils. Well, let's just say, New Jersey plays in a market that's ready to be energized, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, they, people, people are, you know, they, they can overlook the fact that they're stuck in New Jersey, which, you know, fair enough. That's, that's, that's a big ask. If they can pull that off, then, well, they got fucking P.K. Subban right there to watch. In addition to getting Jack Hughes first overall. Oh, yeah. And already having Taylor Hall and, and Nico Hischier now will be second line center where he'll excel. Like, fucking A, Devils. Fucking
0: A. This is going to be an exciting Devils team to watch. I look forward to that. I want to see interesting hockey and fun hockey.
2: And here's the thing about the Devils: they're all still, they're also still way the fuck under the sal- under the salary floor. Like they need to just like arbitrarily spend four and a half million dollars still, so like they can make it, they can make even bigger splashes if
1: they want.
0: Ooh, Ooh. Marcus Johansson's going back.
1: No, who's yeah. going to sign their soul over? Who's going to do it?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm excited for the devils. I am. I'm excited that, that PK Subban would, after finding out that he was traded, thanked both Nashville and looked very excited and and looked forward to going to the, uh, the devils. And within a few days, he had devils gear,
1: which is good because he, he didn't in his original video and he tried really hard to find something that was devil ish. Yeah, he kept putting on the Red Bull thing. It's
2: like, not quite the same, dude. He apologized for it. He's like, this is the best I can do right now, but I'm working on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't expect him to have this stuff, so it's fine. It's fine. I mean, really, it's like, if you're going to trade a guy, you want to trade P.K. Subban because he's going to be like, thank you. Thank you, Nashville. And, oh, my God, it's going to be so exciting in New Jersey. You know, and then Taylor Hall seems to be pretty excited about it, so... This is good. This is all, all very good.
2: Um, and and Subban's contract's perfect for the Devils too, because it expires the same summer that Jack Hughes finishes his ELC. Nice.
0: So oh. like if you're
2: the if you're the Devils' long-term planning, that is fucking ideal. Yeah.
0: So that's good. That's really good.
2: Now the Preds didn't really do so hot in this trade. No.
0: Well, they nope, just nope. wanted to get rid of the salary, I
2: think. Yep, they did, because in, in some, uh, and part of the thing is, apparently there was other teams in play, but all of them wanted the Preds to re- retain about $3 million, like, specifically Toronto. Thank fucking God. Oh, my
0: God. How excited were we all that it wasn't Toronto that he was going to? So fucking pumped. So <laughs> fucking
1: pumped. So it, it was great, because we didn't know the team initially, so it said, Subban has been traded to someone. And then you see Steve Dangle go, Oh my gosh, it's happening! And then, like, literally thirty seconds later, but it's not Toronto. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I know that that PK is from Toronto, and that would be great to be around his family. I know that he would love that. I don't want Toronto to be likable in any way. And even though I know the PK on the ice is kind of annoying and a jerk, uh, I like PK himself, and uh, I don't. I don't really want to play PK four times a year. I mean. With the Devils, it's three.
2: A PK Morgan-Riley pairing would be nightmare-inducing. Let's be perfectly frank.
1: Yeah, that would be.
0: So I'm glad that that didn't happen. Hey, with the Jersey Devils, oh, that's fine. That's fine with me.
2: Oh, I am ha- happy with it. Now, as I said, Preds didn't do so hot because no, no, nowhere, they couldn't trade him anywhere else and get rid of all the salary. Two seconds, one of which they traded down with, and as re- resulting in the Flyers trading, drafting Bobby Brink.
0: Oh and then
2: uh it's two bags. Bobby Brink's full name is Bobby or Brink.
0: I know. He'll be a Bruin someday. He will. Well,
1: so I love that his initials are Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <it's> Bobby.
2: <laughs> Fringe, NHL Defenseman Steve Santini, and a prospect named Jeremy Davies. So uh the Preds got nine, got a pile of cap space, um which by all accounts they're gonna hand they're gonna try to hand to uh, Matt DeShane tomorrow during free agency, apparently. So uh
1: good luck with that. Ugh god I mean DeShane is a great player. I'm just so glad the Bruins stayed away from him when there was like rumblings that they were interested because he's just an ass. I
0: I just don't think he's a really good team player. I think he's a cancer in the locker
2: room, despite what anybody might say. Danger to any local Tim Hortons is that there might be. No, that was Riley. That
0: was Riley. No, I, I, it's just he's, um, yeah, well, Riley himself. Ugh. Ugh.
2: Sorry. I'm just thinking of, like, decent centers who I hate, and I got them confused.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I would do the same because thing. Because most of my
2: passionate hater are, are for centers that are no longer decent, like Ryan Kessler.
0: Yeah. Is he even playing anymore?
2: Nope, he's going to be on Roboda Island starting this fall, from what I understand. He's got a few more years, but he's not, um, but he's not going to be playing ever again.
1: Next on Lost.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's hard, because it's like, the Preds are becoming less and less likable for me. It's like, I, I, I love their defensive core, but I just hate everybody else. Does that make sense?
2: They they yeah. still haven't you know locked Austin Watson and a Porter John and then tipped it over which needs to happen
0: right they haven't done that and I really can't stand Benino because well I mean I think it's hilarious he blocked me on Twitter but I don't like Benino I don't care about tourists. I think Johansson's a little bit of a jerk but I think that Forsberg is a real ass on the ice.
2: I kind of love Victor Arvidsson. He's like a miniature, he's like an even more miniature Swedish Brad Marchand.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do like Arvidsson. I, I am. Um, I like yarn crook.
2: <laughs> iron hook.
0: <laughs> iron hook. Yes. Good old iron hook. So, so it's hard. It's hard because it's like, I, I find my Preds fandom fading a little bit, but I will always, always,
1: always love Roman Yossi. Don't, don't you forget about that. I don't know if we talked about this, because I can't remember if this happened before we recorded or not, but it happened before the draft, and the Flyers gave all the money to Kevin Hayes.
2: Yeah, holy fuck, right? I, I would hate to be anyone trying to sign a center this year.
1: Uh, it was like seven years, 50 million, I believe.
2: Yeah, that yeah. is dumb. It ain't good.
1: <laughs> no. 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 That-
2: like and it's kind of unfortunate because like Kevin Kevin Hayes is a good player, player I like, but like in what universe does he deserve seven million? Is it seven and a half million? He is not that good. He, he is a great five million dollar center. Like he's a great five over five player. That, that's that's what he should have gotten.
1: Yeah, the Flyers full on flyered.
2: Yeah, well they hired Chuck Fletcher who like fly, who's been flyering for years without being a flyer, right? So
0: it's the most flyery flyer thing to do. Okay. Yeah, free agency is going to be dumb, but we'll get into that in a little while. All right, so yes, as we said about the draft, not very exciting. The other trade that happened, I think, this happened during the trade, didn't it, was the the Marlowe trade?
2: Yes, yes, Patrick Marlowe was traded to the, um, uh, you know, where I scrolled past it, here we are.
0: Carolina Hurricanes.
2: um, Carolina Hurricanes, along with a 2020 conditional first-round pick and a 2027th. In exchange for a for twenty twenty sixth, uh, the condition on the first is if the Leafs somehow end up picking top ten in twenty twenty, the Hurricanes will receive an unpro- unprotected twenty twenty one pick instead. So, other teams, here's the thing: stop helping Toronto. Yes, there is definitely that. Let them hang. Fuck them. Why? Why are you helping Toronto? <sighs> so the big thing is, Leafs have that cap space now. And, uh, du- and Dubas is starting to take him. Uh, is starting to take Babcock's toys away. <laughs>
0: uh, Between
2: that, he's going to let Hanzy walk, and uh, there's rumor bouncing around now that Zaitsev's going to end up in Ottawa in exchange for Cody Cece. Hasn't happened yet for money reasons.
1: And also, they already used like the Marlowe space already extending Johansson and Kapanen. Oh yeah, yeah, Johansson. Janssen, that's yeah. what it is, yeah. Johnson yeah actually, those are
2: both those are both great deals, like to be perfectly honest, both of them are fantastic deals, so anyway, stop helping Toronto, please,
0: yeah, and then uh, Patrick Marlow got bought out a couple of days ago,
2: so oh yeah, the terms was, he agreed to the trade on the condition he was being bought out.
0: Oh, I did not get that, okay,
2: yeah, apparently, Waddell wanted to try to convince him to play in Carolina, and uh, Marlow's like, no, if I play again, I'm playing in. And you know, I want to play in San Jose, which honestly, if I was Waddell, I'm like, well, then fine. Because then if he you know, has to retire rather than, be tra- rather than be bought out, then like they wouldn't have to pay any money. They'd still be stuck with the cap hit next year because it's a 35-plus contract, but whatever. Honestly, playing hardball there would have been better for Waddell than buying him out. would have been a dick move, though. But
0: Why wouldn't Toronto be um, uh, penalized for that retirement?
2: Because it's only a three-year deal. There's no recapture.
0: Captures oh. only
2: for, seven, for deals longer than seven years that were signed before the current CBA.
0: Okay. Okay. Because that's going to be relevant in a little bit.
2: <laughs> One last thing about the Patrick Marlowe thing. Yes. This has dire consequences for what it's going to cost to offload Bacchus if it's at all possible. And if it's possible, it starts tomorrow after these batteries paid his uh, his $3 million bonus. At which point he's owed only $5 million over the next two years. Yeah, that's going to be a high cost to, to get someone to take back his off off of Boston Tans because of that. Because Marlow only had one year.
0: Yeah, because says
2: what two? Yeah, okay. he's got two more seasons. The only thing he's got going is he owed an extraordinarily small amount of money relative to his cumulative cap hit. Again, after tomorrow, only five million over two years with a cumulative twelve million dollar mm-hmm. cap hit. Keep an eye on Ottawa because they're so far below the floor. They got to just take on dead salary wherever they can. <laughs>
0: I still think that Carolina somehow could be a candidate here because what, Dundon is cheap and he'd rather have the... I mean, he's not Melnick,
2: but, but Melnick's cheap too, right? I mean...
0: Right, right, right. But, you know, Dundon would want to have that very low salary and have that, that cap hit that would justify things a little bit more. Melnick is just stupid uh, and cheap. Yeah. Great combination. Oh, it's not a good combination at all if you're a
1: business owner, but
0: here we are. Okay. Tim, you were telling us about another trade.
1: Yeah. So Tampa Bay was looking to shed some salary and the biggest way they could do that was obviously to trade JT Miller. And well, they were pretty much looking for a salary dump and they found Vancouver who not only took J.T. Miller's salary, but decided that hey, we're going to go ahead and give an unprotected first-round pick next year. <laughs> so basically, Tampa Bay could have the first overall pick next season. After <laughs> all of
2: this,
0: Jim Benning, gotta Jim Benning.
2: It's okay; he'll be fired by then because, like, if the contract he's supposedly giving Tyler Myers tomorrow happens, then well. That'll be that.
1: <laughs> uh, to to make matters worse in Vancouver, our good old friend Roberto Luongo retired.
0: Yes, yes. I was going to bring up that because we were talking about cap recapture penalties.
1: Yep. So they have, what is it, $3 million over the next three years in penalties? <sighs> so um, it's not been fun to be a Vancouver fan recently. You've had fans of theirs, like, wanting to win the draft lottery and the one year that they have the best opportunity to really this year, their pick goes to Tampa Bay. And then they're stuck with 3 million each over the next three years because Roberto Luongo uh, retired. Um, So yeah, poor Vancouver, I guess. Vancouver is
2: getting fucked by Florida. Uh,
0: Let's say some nice words about Roberto Luongo. Bobby Lou. It was really easy to hate him during the 2011 Stanley Cup final just because he seemed so desperate.
2: But here's the thing is losing that final freed him.
0: Oh, it did. Oh, no, no. He's been so awesome since then. He's been funny. He's been charming. He's really allowed himself to to j- just enjoy life, really. And And the point is that he had a good career. He unfortunately didn't win the Stanley Cup, but you know he was able to retire on his own terms. He was able to dictate where he wanted to go. Uh, he uh, wanted to go back to the Panthers, so he's able to go back there and play for a few more years because that's where his home is. So good for him! You know, he put out a retirement letter and that brilliant tweet of how he was. That doing. photo. Yep. Yep, hanging up the pads and the skates on the uh, on the line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. And,
0: and he's going to go to retirement home <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> so, I mean, look, you know, when your body tells you it's time, it's time. This is what Zidane Otara was talking about this past year. It's like he, his body isn't telling him that. But Bobby Liu was, was just like, I just don't want to go through this again. So... Good for him. It's good for him to spend some time with his family. That tweet that he put out either today or yesterday about being stuck in Orlando SOS, please help. (laughs) It's great.
1: He remains one of the best things about hockey Twitter. I mean, because for the longest time, you didn't really actually know that it was him. You did, but you didn't. He wouldn't really... He would kind of give you... Uh, little clues that it was him, but he wouldn't write it out admit it. Then when he, then he finally did, and it just remained like the best like follow in and the world. S-
0: and still not verified by Twitter. no. And I,
1: and I think he likes it that way.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it's him. I hope he gets a gig somewhere, a TV gig, and they allow him to be funny, not like Ronick stupid funny, like just funny. Cause he's genuinely funny and sarcastic and he should have the chance to, to be that way along with, you know, doing hockey knowledge and stuff. But that would be fun just to see him every once in a while, whether he does that down in Florida or he does that nationally, or if he does that for Canada, it would be
1: fun. It would be. He, I really hope that he does do something like an analyst type position and they let his personality shine through because uh, in a sport where personalities can be few and far between, He's got a giant one, and it's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, so good for him for knowing when it was time, because you don't want your players to go out looking like a shell of themselves and battled with injuries and all that. So if his body's telling him it's time to go, it's time to go. So good for
1: him. Absolutely. And again, Vancouver, it's rough being a Vancouver fan. I mean, my gosh. They uh, they can't do anything right. Let's talk
2: a little bit about the draft.
1: So, <sighs> There
2: was one trade on on the first round day, which sucked. That was boring. (laughs) Real boring. Like, first round should be exciting, especially after you get past the first 10, right? But, you know, NHL fucked up. Bruins had a total of five picks. And the first, the third, the fifth, sixth, and seventh. Not a super slate, really. Just for some accounting there. Their second rounder, of course, had gone out in the Marcus Johansson trade. And the fourth had gone out in acquiring Tommy Wingles last year.
0: Oh God, yeah.
2: They and actually the seventh was the Rangers, not their own, because the Bruins sent their own seventh to the Rangers for as, as part of the Rick Nash trade, but then got the Rangers seventh back for uh, Adam McQuaid. So in the first round, um, a bunch of really highly touted players fell really far. Four names in particular were still on the board when the Bruins picked. Everyone was kind of excited. Um, they were uh, Arthur Kaliev. Raphael Lavoie, Bobby Brink, and Nils Hoglander. That's it. Bruins did not pick any of these four players. Now, that's fine. They're the ones doing the scouting. But a lot of people were right some upset about this.
0: Hoglander. I love that name.
2: (laughs) I know. Seriously. I'm like, I kind of, I kind of, it's a bummer we won't get to hear Jack yelling Hoglander because that'd be a good one. Or, of course, Bobby or Brink. Oh, Oh, my
0: God. I know. I know. I know. I know.
2: Raphael Lebois plays for, for um, Halifax Mooseheads. I've seen him play a bunch. I don't love the player, but I would have liked him at 30. Bruins passed, whatever. Shit happens. They took John Beecher <laughs> from, the, uh, from the U.S. National Team Development Program. He's a center, but of course he was playing behind all three of them. Uh, Jack Hughes went first overall. Alex Turcutt, who went fifth overall. And um, uh, Trevor Zegress, who also went in the top ten. So he was playing like fourth line center. Hmm. He still put up 63 points in a combined 100 games with the national team development programs team that plays within the USHL and in international play with international and exhibition play with the uh, national team. So it was 20 and 27 in the USHL and 43 in 63 on uh, the under 18 uh, team, whether we're talking, and that would include the Hlinka Gretzky cup, five nations World juniors, I don't know if he was on the, on the under-20 team, so I don't think so, but he was on under-18 juniors. Plus all sorts of exhibition plays, because National Team Development Program plays against all sorts of other teams and caves them in, right? That's not bad for a fourth-line center, really. And, and frankly, his descriptions, he's big. He's like 6'3", but lightning fast. Good puck protection, super strong defensively along the boards. Sounds like Charlie Coyle to me.
0: Yeah, he's he described himself as a power forward, so I like the big guys. We need somebody who can be able to take a hit and keep getting hit. Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: I have a little bit of breaking news. Okay. The Carolina Hurricanes have traded for James Reimer. Oh, my. For I think a six I, oh, two hit. teams and Scott Darling, or the abstract concept of Scott Darling.
0: Oh my god, Bobrovsky's going to Florida.
1: Yeah, the ha- they they wouldn't trade Ryan Radon unless he was.
2: Oh, oh, and the Panthers have put him on I put Darling on unconditional waivers.
1: Looks like uh, that's happening. Also, Drager just said too that Marcus Johansson is talking with several teams today, none of them Boston. Looks like he'll have a new home tomorrow.
2: Yeah, we figure that. We knew that I would have loved him to stay, like I really do. But like, it just wasn't gonna happen. Team's got we got twelve million in cap space, and that's more or less exact change on what we're supposed to expect uh, McAvoy, Carlo, and and, and to cost, maybe even a little under. So yay. Anyway, the draft. So that was the Bruins' first round. People weren't big fans. I don't have I I don't have beef with it though.
1: No. And uh, and he sounds like
2: like everyone's saying he's guaranteed to be an NHLer. Which, when you're picking 30th, that's actually like probably should be a higher priority than higher ceiling, to be perfectly frank. All those other players, with the possible exception of Hoglander, had all sorts of red flags on them. That's why they fell so far. Right. Whereas Beecher's like he will be an NHLer. So the question is, what's his upside? I'll take that, no problem.
1: And he's going to play at the University of Michigan this coming season with jack becker who's another bruins prospect so they'll be both playing for the wolverines
2: becker if you don't remember was taken was taken in the seventh round in 2015 did two years in the ushl before starting in michigan so he is entering his sophomore season at university of michigan in his draft plus four season will be his draft plus five sorry he's going into his his, uh his junior season at, at michigan oh okay well, I hadn't, it hadn't loaded yet and I did have the draft here, right? My math was bad. That's what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else did we get?
2: All of our other picks were pretty late, right? So the pick in the end of the third round, which they picked a forward out of the Alberta junior hockey league. So that's junior a uh, Quinn Olson <laughs> played for the Okotoks Oilers. That's apparently a real place. It sounds <laughs> like what you say. It sounds like they're trying to pronounce something backwards. <laughs> skatoka yeah that sounds tim did you fall asleep or
1: snoring that's not me
0: <laughs> no that's vegas <laughs> <laughs> vegas is totally um, snoring so sorry about that
2: okay anyway so olsen did scored uh, went 20 46 66 in 54 games with the AJHL. okay i guess whatever They didn't have a fourth round pick. In the fifth round, they picked uh, one, a a Russian by the name of Roman Bishkov. Or or Bikov? I don't know. B-Y-C-H-K-O-V. Make of it what you want. Bishkov. Okay. Who did, as a defenseman, score, he went two, thirteen, and 15 in 40 games in the MHL. So that's a Russian major junior. Okay. Whatever. And then their last two picks in the sixth round, they picked Finnish center by the name of Matthias Mantikivi. It's a fun name. It is Finnish names usually are my new, but you know who uh, had an interesting season. Uh, he went 13 points in nine games playing for the in uh, in Saipa's under 18, so their junior B team went 36 and 34 playing for their junior A team, uh, so Saipa under 20, and uh, scored a goal in one goal in six games for uh, Saipa's uh, team in the Liga. So he has actually played against men as well. Interesting late pick. Yeah, and lastly in the seventh round they picked. They had to pick, they had to pick at least one annual you J- Jake, Jacob, Jakob, or Jack, right? So they picked, Jake, <laughs> they picked one Jake Schmaltz of the Chicago Steel USHL, younger brother of St. Louis Blues, defenseman Jordan Schmaltz, and Coyote center Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, I was going to say, he's he's you know, the younger brother of Nick Schmaltz. He went 5'13", 18, and 60 as a left wing with the Chicago Steel. So whatever, it's seventh round. Small. Yay, draft.
1: (laughs) Yep. So, that's the draft. I mean, nothing too exciting, which, I mean, in in terms of the Bruins, I don't think we expected it to be extremely exciting, just because they had the later picks. They didn't have a second-round pick, I don't believe, and it wasn't going to be too exciting. I do wish that they started free agency before the draft, but... That's just me.
0: The exciting part of the draft is all the deals that get made around it. And that didn't happen this year.
2: There was nothing. Like, the last moves before the draft, so I mean, like, not, like, so there was for stars of course, no moves except for Coyotes trading up during the first round. Before that, the most recent trade had been on June 18th, and that was uh, the Flyers acquiring Justin Braun from the Sharks. So, like, a bit of movement several days before the draft, you know, other things involving Jacob Truba and Ali Mata and, and and Matt Niskanen and, and Brad Kukudish, whatever. But the last few days before the draft and at the draft, there was there was not a lot.
0: So where Truba went, ended up uh, with the Rangers?
2: Yeah, they have his rights, anyway. Still not signed.
0: Right, and, and Truba was, was rumored to be going somewhere else, but that didn't
2: happen, so... The Devils missed out on him, and then went pivoted to go for for Subban. Interestingly,
0: yeah. Well, hey, I think the the Devils got a better deal. I know it's PK's more expensive, but I think he's better in some respects, and he's really better for the business side of uh, their team because he's going to get a lot of people to come watch him play hockey. And on ESPN on ice the other week, they were talking to the president of the Devils, saying like that they really want to get kids you know New Jersey kids more into watching the Devils on TV in the stadium whatever it's it's good for them so PK is going to be a great addition because in their more urban area, uh, they're going to get a lot of kids interested, which is great. You want to grow the sport, right? So yep. you got to get everybody. If, if hockey's for everybody, you got to get everybody to want to buy in in whatever way they want to watch. So there you go. So I think PK is going to be great there. I think he's going to be a lot of fun. And the Devils are going to be a good team to watch this year. So that's that's going to be great. Now, let's see. You know, there were some other things that happened around the league. Corey Perry got bought out. Oh, my God. So exciting.
1: Also, Bruins stay away from him. Yes. He's not good. No.
2: Like, he's he's an interesting case because he's uniquely eligible for bonus-based contracts for a one-year deal. But, like, still, no. I hate him. Just, 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 I I can't do it. I can't do it.
0: No, we (laughs) we don't need him. That's fine. Anaheim finally hired Dallas Aikens. Um, Yeah. And uh, it, the reason why, I, I, I don't know if I told you this, the reason why they couldn't for the longest time was because the Gulls were in the AHL playoffs.
2: Oh, right, right, right. And they, they lost the, the Calder Cup in the end to, uh, to uh, Carolina's affiliate, right?
1: Yeah, the checkers.
0: Yep. So so basically that's why they couldn't hire him. And then they took a little more time and then finally made it official like a week or two ago. So that's cool. I'm glad he's getting another shot in the NHL. I think anybody working for the Oilers deserves either another look or maybe never be hired again. So I, I think he's probably one of those guys who's learned a lot in between.
2: He- he didn't – remember he he coached them – well, no, Kruger's is one that coached them to one of their better showings in a long time. Akin, Kruger was fired for no particular good reason apart from, hey, let's bring in Aikens. Craig McTavish. Which now both of those coaches are going to be back, have another shot in the NHL this coming season. Kruger in Buffalo and uh, Aikens in, in the Ducks – with the Ducks, so – Good for them.
0: I'm interested to see what happens with both teams. Wow, I'm interested in a lot of teams this year. That's good. I, that's yeah. that's better for the sport if I'm interested in all sorts of teams.
2: There's been a constellation of former Bruins who have been moved around for cap reasons in the last five days. That's right. Started with, on June 25th, Colorado Avalanche traded the last year of Carl Soderbergh's contract to $4.75 million. This is after Soderbergh had a decent season. In return, they got defenseman Kevin Connaughton. And a 2020 third round pick. Yay! He's now the, I guess, the third line center in uh,
1: Arizona.
0: Here's my question: Do Yetis survive in the desert?
1: Ooh, honestly, two things. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he just like I'll, maybe he'll just maybe,
2: maybe some sort of xenomorph and he'll turn into like a chupacabra instead. That would be okay. But the Carl Soderberg peyote Coyote jerseys are going to be great. <laughs> I mean. We're going to get to that. There's something else exciting happening in in, in the P.O.D. Coyote jerseys in the near future. Yes, there is. We'll, we'll get there, though. We'll get there. So the next Bruin to move as a cap casualty, former Bruin, I should say, was on June 28th. The Sabres acquired Colin Miller and his three more years at $3.875 million a year from Vegas for a 2021 20 second and a 2021 20 fifth. Yeah. Okay. Ruins fans were grumpy about it on Twitter because, of course, they were. Yeah, yep. I I don't get
0: it. I don't get it because if you if you look at Colin Miller objectively, and if you know people who have watched the the Golden Knights will tell you that he made dumb moves at dumb times, cost the team. So I I didn't believe in kind Colin of a Miller. Brand player. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe in Colin Miller. I, I was okay with him going. I'm fine with him not being on the Bruins. And now he's with the Tha- Sabres, and I don't give a fuck. I just don't.
2: And here's Same. the thing about that. He sees, you know, they're making space, and the players that they move for Colin Miller and Eric Koala, or Howla, one of those. Howla, yeah. Howla. AI, it's like, I don't know. I don't They this, this Whatever. I mean, the fact of the matter is is Colin Miller was deemed more expendable than Braden McNabb, John Merrill, or Nick Holden. Nick, Hi, Holden. Nick Holden. Oh
0: my god, that's right, he's there. Right now, the Vegas Golden Knights are, like, or they were, really hugely over the cap.
2: They're still over cap, incidentally. They are still projected at... It being 899,999,000 over the cap right now, but they'll be able to LTIR, or um, uh, Clarkson, whatever. They, I mean, they have some other housework to still do based on that number. Like, they still haven't re signed Nikita Gusev, or again, former Bruin, Malcolm Subban.
0: Oh, Malcolm. I was kind of hoping that PK
2: could have ended up in
1: the desert with his brother. Oh, that's right, but they did extend William Carlson, didn't they, but for a long deal?
2: Yeah, and actually, I quite like the deal. It's, uh, it's a, um, uh, a seven-year at $5.9 million a year. That's not bad. That's great, actually. Like, I dig it. I mean, like, they have a lot of cap of money tied up in older players, despite being, you know, only two seasons into existence. But, like, none of them are, like, objectively awful contracts. Not now, anyway. The Mark Stone contract will probably be eventually be kind of shitty, but, like, you know, not yet.
0: They'll still get some value out of that contract, I, I think, so...
2: Whatever. For at least four, or maybe five years. It's what happens after is the mystery So like whatever. Colin Miller. He's a saber now. Yeah. Um he'll be playing right D behind Russellinen? is the second pairing right D. You know what, if he's playing third pairing right D, that's not bad. That's probably a great use of Colin Miller. But whatever. The next former ruin on the move is Ryan Spooner, has been bought out by Vancouver Canucks. What the fuck happened to Ryan Spooner?
1: I mean, you can almost stick a fork in him at this point.
0: Oh, that was a joke <laughs> that was on Twitter yesterday, Tim.
1: Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, ETD
0: fifty one put that, and then I asked him if that would make him a spork.
1: Oh, uh, ETD would come up with that before me, fucker.
0: Yeah, are you sure you're not him?
1: <laughs> Positive.
2: Yeah, what happened to him though? Like he was having a good season in Boston before he went went to New York in the, in the Nash trade. He was really good for them down the stretch. The guy got a two-year deal and then just like completely shat the bed, changed teams twice, and is now bought out.
0: Oh, that's why he was bought out. because He only had one year remaining, right?
2: Yeah, and because he was young, it's actually a pretty like team-friendly buyout. Like he was below a certain age, and players below a certain age, the team won't, the team pays uh, even less. Sort of like how the um, the Cody Hodgson buyout in Buffalo, which goes on forever, is for very very low dollar value because they because they bought him out for less. So, I mean, it's still 1.33, 3333, 3, 3, 3, 3, or 1.0, and then a bunch of threes for two years.
0: I really hope that Ryan Spooner takes the time. To go to a team, have low expectations, because I think that's one of his problems, is that people expect more of him. Teams expect more of him than he can probably deliver. I think he's very sensitive for some reason. Go somewhere, low expectations, and do well. That's that's what he needs to do. Um, I, I don't want him to, to like not play anymore, but gosh, this is just awful.
2: Poor guy. You know, here's the interesting thing, though. I do wonder... Um, Bruins seem to know how to use him properly. If he could be reacquired for like nothing, you know, like league minimum as a reclamation project, would you do it, knowing no. that you can just bury, knowing that you can just bury him if it's a problem?
1: Probably not. Just because, where would you put him?
2: Well, I mean, like we got at least two winger spots that are wide open for next year.
1: I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him on the wing. He played better at center than he did on the wing.
2: No, that last season in in Boston, he was on right wing the entire with with Krejci that entire year. I wouldn't put him there again. But like, why not left wing with Coyle or put mm-hmm. Heinen back on his natural side and place Booner on the right? I mean, like, if you can have him for league like, minimum again, he worked out. He 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 didn't work out the way he was supposed to here, but he did. You know, he was a useful player in Boston. And again, if you're only paying him seven seventy five, fuck, you know, banish him to play fourth line in Providence if it doesn't work. I don't know. Just a thought. Why
1: the heck not if you can get him for a minimum? I kind of would like to see him, like, play in Europe and see him
0: succeed there. There's one other big former Bruin that got traded.
2: Yes. Last night, June 29th, Phil Kessel was traded by the Pens to the Arizona Coyotes along with something called a Dane Burks. And a 2021 fourth-round pick for Alex Galchenyuk and prospect Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Here's the thing is, like, the Pens just, like, got such a mediocre return for Phil Kessel, a player who just scored a point a game last season.
0: That's true.
2: And was 92 points the year before. Like, in, act- in all actual fucking seriousness, like, 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 this is an embarrassing look for the Pens. They have a way of making these things work. It's well, they, 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 they have, Of course, they have a way of making these warrants. Called, it's, it's called Sidney Crosby.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: right,
1: right? He makes people better. <laughs> yeah, he um, makes but like, decisions like that. Like I, I, I thought this was a fantastic deal for Arizona. And I'm pumped that Arizona is getting canceled because I want Arizona to have like pub. I want them to get some, like, excitement. They deserve
2: it. Oh, and the West is a fucking shooting range, right? So, like, why not? Doesn't t- You don't have to pull- – if you're someone team like the Coyotes, you don't need to pull that big a tr- trigger to bont bon- yourself into playoff contention.
1: Exactly. And they were close last year anyway. I think they were, like, ninth or tenth. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, – I remember
0: yesterday Josh said something about how, like, oh, they sent Kessel to Arizona. Why? And I'm like, Arizona actually looked pretty good last year. So this might be the thing that gets them
2: up into the playoffs. Who knows? And like, here's the thing about the entire trade is it's just silly because um, as ever, as many numbers people have pointed out, it's like, okay, Phil Kessel is admittedly one of the worst defensive forwards in the league. He just scores like a madman and makes up for it. Yes. Alex Galchenyuk is similarly one of the worst defensive forwards in the league, but scores a lot, but scores about half as much as Phil Kessel does.
1: Also, yes. Mm-hmm.
2: So all they did really is save $1.9 million a year. And Galchenyuk's UFA after next season. But unless Pierre-Elizabeth Olivier Joseph turns into an, a legit NHL defenseman and it seems like he projects it best at number four defenseman, that's a net loss for the Pens. Let's face it, Phil Kessel's contract, particularly because there's the Toronto retention still, is a fucking steal at $6.8 Yep. Well,
1: hopefully Phil will be appreciated in the desert. I hope he is because some fuckhead over in Toronto tried to make the narrative that this is the third time that Phil Kessel has been traded and teams just kind of have to get rid of Phil because he overstays his welcome and he's a terrible person. Uh,
2: Well, that was Steve Simmons, though, so of course he said that. Because he's Steve Simmons. I mean, I'm surprised the the word hot dog didn't work in there a bunch of times.
1: True. That narrative is stupid. He's a good hockey player. And I hope Arizona does well. And I hope Arizona makes the playoffs because they basically replaced gelchenyuk Gal- with getting Soderberg and then Kessel. That's pretty good. Uh, I have a question for you.
0: Why did Phil Kessel want out of Boston? I don't know this history. I don't think they wanted to pay him. Oh, uh, well, that sounds very...
2: Very likely. So, so he he'd been decent, but not spectacular. His first couple seasons, his first two seasons in Boston. Like, let me pull up some numbers here, just to make sure I'm not saying anything stupid. So, like, he done he went 11, 18, and 29, and 70 games in his rookie season. 19, 18, 37, and 82 his sophomore season. And then 08, 09, he went 36, 30, 24, 60, and 70. Boston was leery about paying him after only one good season and so and there was rumors that brian burke was going to offer sheet him so instead they went with the trade
0: oh god this sounds so familiar i mean in the offer sheet
2: yes so i mean he wasn't traded to late season to late off season right so basically it's burke back down on the offer sheet and then boston traded to him anyway the idea being that if someone was interested in an offer sheet you don't really want them on your team which is true
0: ah i never thought about it from that angle
2: that's true. I mean, like it, it means unambiguously they don't want to be on your team. They're, you even entertain it. They're a player you should probably consider moving on from. To be perfectly honest.
0: So, do you think that same thing happened with Dougie? Because the same rumor I think was, that's part of it. that is the thing that I cling to was that I remember this is something that nobody else seems to to remember, but I remember there was an offer sheet coming from Calgary, and who was in the front office in Calgary?
2: Ryan Burke. Ryan Burke. Well, Brian Burke's interesting case because he was the victim of the only successful, offer only not matched offer sheet since the cap. That was uh, when Kevin Lowe offer sheeted Dustin Penner, at which point Burke challenged Lowe to the infamous barn fight that never happened.
0: <laughs> That's too bad. Now that now that I know this, this stuff a little bit more about Brian Burke being involved in both of these things. Okay, this sounds very plausible because he was aggressive like that.
2: Anyway, so yeah, my view, great deal for uh, for the Coyotes, she, and not a great deal for the Pens, but they did better than all the teams in the than the than the other teams dumping salary all did. So with that's the, true. Like possible exception of the Leafs and, and the Canucks but, and the Tampa. Tampa did the best of all the salary dump teams, right? But
1: yeah, they, they potentially got the number one overall pick while dumping salary.
2: <laughs> I'm just so glad that Tampa didn't
0: get Carlson. Like that he didn't sign with them. I I know that Carlson needs to be put back together during this offseason, but still that the threat of him going to Tampa Bay just
1: Yeah, I'm glad he stuck with San Jose. Also, with him like re signing in San Jose, the video of that he made after like being like, Yes, I'm excited made it seem like he was like saying this with like a gun to his head. It was so like (laughs) awfully done.
0: I think that people uh ascribe a a personality to him because he has long greasy hair and a guy fox mask for a face. I think that's what it is. I, I don't think he's all that full of personality myself, but okay, whatever. He looks like a pirate. Good for him.
1: Yeah, and I get that. But like it was like the lighting wasn't very good. It looked like it was like a white, like cinder block background, and he was just kind of standing there, like, "Yes, I'm very excited to be coming back," and it was, it just looked like doing it under threat of like being killed
0: well i mean he couldn't say like i'm so happy you're giving me all this money that, that looks wrong Girl.
2: i mean if you're if you're if you're eric carlson you stay there because they can give you that eighth year because like i'm pretty sure even eric carlson was like my body's starting to fail me you think take the fucking money and run buddy take the fucking money and run
0: <laughs> go on take the money and run Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that, that was my first ever drinking song. I used to go into friend's pub when I was legal and I would put quarters in the jukebox and I would play Steve Miller Band, that song specifically. That is some trivia that you needed to know. It's a fun drinking song. It's a great song to sing along to. I love it. I, I was expecting you to say something, Jeff, whether it was snarky or not.
2: I, I have nothing to add. I love Steve Miller Band. That seems like a and, that, and if you're going to find a Steve Miller Band song to be a drinking song, it clearly has to be that one because the others don't really work.
0: I am so sad that we did not get Moritz Zeider, the defenseman, the German defenseman, in our draft because I really wanted to call him Maury Silks.
2: <laughs> you know, here's the thing about that: is he would have been a great pick at thirty. He's yeah. a lunatic pick where the um, where the wings took him, but like a great pick at thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know nothing about him, just his name, and he's German. So I was like all over that. <laughs> but anyway, so where are we
2: now? We are the day before for agency, and there's 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 a, there's a couple tragedies this means for the Bruins starting tomorrow. Is um,
0: I, I want to just add a couple things before that. Okay. Or one thing before that. We did sign somebody.
2: You're right, we did. Steve Kampfer got signed for two more years at 800000 a year. Yeah. Because it's quite clear that Sweeney has PTSD from the 2017 first round.
0: I am all for having a lot of defensemen.
2: And, and K- Kampfer has a special skill here, too. He can sit for two months and then, and then drop into a game and be, and be competent.
0: And score a goal, even
2: that's a rare skill. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like honestly, if like if you're gonna roll eight defensemen on your roster, yeah, Camper's a great number eight because that's a guy you know you're net you're basically never gonna play, but needs to be capable of doing so when they finally are when they're finally around.
0: And it's actually pretty good that they have him because Moore's gonna be out for like par- part of the early part of the season, almost the first. And half. I'm pretty
2: sure Kevin Miller's just dead. <laughs> poor Kevin Miller. Seriously, poor Kevin Miller. Yep, so we signed Seed Camp firm tomorrow. Unfortunately, we are probably saying goodbye to Marcus Johansson and to <sighs> Nolichari.
0: Oh my god, you keep saying it. I just was editing another episode last night and you said it again and it broke my heart. And I knew you were going to say it again today and it was going to break my heart.
2: I'm sorry, V. i am sorry VA Notice I sighed. I didn't enjoy it.
0: I know. I got no
2: pleasure out of saying it.
0: I know. Like, sometimes
2: I... I'll say things deliberately hurt. That's not one of them.
0: <laughs> Thank you for not deliberately hurting me. Yeah, Don Sweeney said that they've talked to Nola but they're going to give him a chance to see if he can find more money out there. And if he can, that's great. But if not, he might be coming back. But probably not. But mm, I don't want to talk about it anymore.
1: Now, I mean, he deserves to get paid. So, I mean, just, the Bruins just can't afford to pay him what he deserves.
2: I know it's it's a Tim Schaller situation, right?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, the Bruins. I mean, thank God the Bruins didn't pay Tim Schaller, but it was still sad to see him go. So
1: also, yes.
2: That's what it is. Now there's been some babble being put out there by by some of the the meat Bruins media, namely Fluto, that Bruins are still planning on being active in free agency tomorrow. Which uh, how exactly? God. Like how is that possible?
1: The only way is if they yeah they have
2: salary. Well, exactly. It. They have 12 million, and that's like probably not even enough to get all three of McAvoy, Carlo, and and, and Heinen signed. It's like the minimum what it's going to take to get that done. If you assume, assume six, four, and two respectively,
1: right? And, and six just... is
2: a, and six is a low guess for McAvoy and Carlo. After that playoffs, might get closer to four and a half.
1: And really, we, after Janssen and Kapanen, Heinen could probably get three.
2: Yeah, it's very true too. It's a it's a sticky situation. And that's why I'm still holding out some hope that something develops tomorrow or after tomorrow on the matter of David Beckus. I don't believe it'll happen, but I'm holding out hope like we talked about before.
1: Yeah, you have to hope. And even hoping that McAvoy takes six, that's going to have to be like a bridge deal because he, you know he's going to end up with more than that eventually. Oh, um, I
2: bet if you, if you drop him to six, you don't get more than two years out of
1: it. No, definitely not. Which, which would actually be perfect because in two years the Bruins have a ton of money coming off the books. Almost well, like, that's
2: just it. Yeah, two years Krejci, Rask, is gone, and even next year it's a lot of money coming off the books.
1: They don't have a ton. I think I saw that they have like nine guaranteed contracts for next season right now, and they have like thirty-four million in space. Yeah, but
0: they have the three million in dead cap coming off the uh, off the books next year.
2: That's true. Next year's the last year of the Seidenberg and Bolesky dead cap. Yep. And then after that year, mind you, also UFA after next season are Coyle, Wagner, Nordstrom, Krug, Miller, Chara, Halak. There's a lot of money coming off the book next year, but that's a lot of roster spots too. Yeah. And then the year after that, there's a lot of big money coming off the books. So like a two-year bridge deal, I think for McAvoy is probably the way to go in general.
1: And you just hope he w- agrees, and I think he would, just because his comments after the uh, Stanley Cup during like the breakdown day or whatever, he he seems to want to be in Boston, and he wants to be part of a winning team in Boston, specifically. So I think that he knows that taking the bridge deal. Gives the Bruins the best chance to win, himself the best chance to win, and that he know the Bruins are going to pay him. Eventually, they're going to pay him. I mean, that's their future captain. They're going to pay him.
2: Now, I do wonder why is the Carlo one not done? We've been being told for months the Carlo one was all but effectively done. Was effectively done.
0: I didn't believe that. I didn't believe it was done at all because his agent hasn't even been talking to uh, Sweeney. Really? No, no. He said that they had talked. They had talked about midseason, but then talks stopped.
2: Which is weird. That should be an easy contract. Either six or eight years at four or four and a half million. It's worth it. It ends when he's either 28 or 28 or 30. That's ideal. That's, that should not be a hard contract. Carl is not worth more than four and a half because he doesn't score.
1: Yeah, not but right you now. have to wonder if a team would be willing to offer she give more.
0: You know, and I, I have to say that, you know, Colorado has always had an interest in him. So
2: this is true. He is localish. He's Colorado Springs.
1: And they did just shed the
2: Soderberg deal. But they also traded for Andre Burakovsky, who's going to cost probably more than he actually uh, performs. And they still have to sign, re-sign Rantanen and stuff. So, like, they got some interesting things going on there, but they're also so far below the floor. Who knows what's going to happen?
0: No, I'm, I'm not saying that Carlo's going to go out there. I'm just saying that other teams have had interest in him. And I think the playoffs changed things a little bit because, for one, Carlo just learned that curve very quickly. Because you know the playoffs are a learning curve for your first time, and he was up for the challenge and then very late, very late into the playoffs, he managed to put in two goals, so that's not like huge scoring, but that is for him that's huge scoring <laughs> so I think True. that I think some things have changed, and there's room for negotiation, and the thing is that they don't seem to understand is that Sweeney is notoriously cheap he is. Did you see what he wore to the NHL awards? We'll talk about that in a little while. But anyway, I want these deals done quickly, but uh, Sweeney also said that they'll be done before de- December 1st, which was not great.
2: I mean, like, I'm, like, so thoroughly unconcerned about that. He's just, like, <laughs> basically just saying, he's like, they will sign and it will be here.
1: That's all. That's all that is.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
2: That's great. I know. but it, it, And that strategy worked for Dubas with, with Nylander, didn't it? So
1: I mean, kind of. Nylander played, like, utter dog shit after that,
2: but... Well, yeah, because he sat out for four months.
0: These guys will be signed before camp. That's what we know.
2: That's fine. Oh, for sure, and it's not gonna be, like, a photo finish, like, um, uh, Krug and Smith in, uh, in
1: 2014. Or even Pasta. Didn't Pasta even miss a day of camp? I think he may have. He may yeah. Have.
0: yeah. It, it got done. It's fine. Everything was, everything worked out.
2: So, okay, one other thing specifically when they talked about the Bruins being active tomorrow is Pluto says something about goaltender market, which is weird.
0: Halak's locked up for another year.
2: Yeah, so so Bruins, currently, of course, have two more seasons with uh, Rask under contract, one more year of Halak, and in Providence would have uh, Kyle Kaiser and Daniel Vadasch yep for another year. Yep. Um, because uh, Zay McIntyre went Group Six UFA, no longer Bruins property. Now I think I think I think I see where where Sweeney's going here. There's two things. One. He doesn't want Kaiser being a backup in uh, the AHL, so we'd like him to start in Atlanta for a year. Two, I bet he doesn't trust either Vladesh or Kaiser to be our third guy up in case something happens to Rask or Halak.
1: Which makes sense because they're both very young.
2: So my guess is the idea is to sign a journeyman goaltender to be, be Vladash's backup in Providence and to be the call-up if something goes, if something goes sideways in, in Boston. That's my guess. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Okay. So, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow with the free agents. I have a couple of other things. One, I want to do uh, an update on Chris Wagner. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Wagner. He had a broken wrist and a displaced ulna. Ooh. So, that's what was going on with him. So, he had surgery for the wrist, and they had to put the ulna back in place as well. So, that's no fun. That's what happened with that block shot. And... Mazel tov to the Krugs and the campers who both had children in the same week. Of course, the, you know, Tori Krug and Melanie Krug welcomed a baby daughter who is all over uh, her mother's Instagram wearing the little bow on her head and all that stuff. And she dresses the same as her dad at times, which is cool. And then the campers uh, welcomed baby Theodore, who is going to be called Teddy. He's got to be called Teddy. He's a teddy bear. Yeah, so Stephen and and Tara welcome Theodore or Teddy. Uh, so Bruins Cubs in the house now. More draft picks in the future. Yay! Yay! <sighs> yeah, I was so excited to, to announce that. I'm like, I'm not a big baby person, but I'm happy when other people are happy to have babies. That means I don't have to have babies. I have fur babies. That's that's me. Oh, NHL awards. Oh my god. For years, we've been talking about how bad they were, right? This year, they actually got Keenan Thompson to come on, and he was funny. And the bits mostly worked out. The well, bits that he was in mostly worked out, because he's funny. And the Thomas Middleditch, uh, Tony Babcock, I don't ever want to see it again. I just don't think it's really that funny. And subjecting poor hockey players to that is awful. But first of all, Keenan Thompson, in his opening speech, he, uh, he managed to congratulate the Tampa Bay Lightning on having the most or tying for the most wins in a season and then tying for the most losses in the playoffs. <laughs> in the that same was season. pretty funny. <laughs>
1: yeah, they were not happy. They, oh, no. Their faces, oh, my. They were unimpressed, to say the least. Holy cow. They were like, oh ha, ha Oh God, that
0: was yeah. I mean you have to be able to laugh about it because it is kind of funny. But um it still probably hurts a little bit. Like like us, they need time to get away from it and uh and 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 heal. Then Sasha Barkov got up to uh to get his Lady Bing. And uh, you know, he got some woos from the crowd, but apparently they were Finnish woos. So he said that uh, he had more fans from Finland there than from Florida. and uh, Yeah.
2: That's uh, that's not a good look for the captain from the team. <laughs> well,
0: it was a joke. And if you couldn't take that joke, uh, you know, that's too bad. But uh, the Finnish, they apparently liked a joke. Who knew? I, I thought it was entertaining. It was fun. I hate Ryan O'Reilly. He can go fuck off. um for winning that Selkie again. and uh, Or Selkie. Not again, because... He only won it once, but God damn it, I want him to just go away. Go find a Tim Horton's drive into Jackass.
1: Oh, also, Don Sweeney won g m of the Year.
0: Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. Now, you know what I love about Don Sweeney is this one, his wife is very sweet, two Don Sweeney did a whole lot of preparation for getting there because it basically looked like he slept under his desk. In his normal g m outfit, and then came to the awards, it wasn't pressed, it wasn't very neat looking it was just a suit that he would wear every day. It was you know it's like when you go to these award things, you gotta dress up a little bit. nope, not him, not him. He just looked like some guy who walked in off the street who was a
1: businessman <laughs> I mean maybe he did sleep under his desk, and
2: I mean it's like it's slightly less entertaining than the fact that I guess. Um, Bergevin can't find suits that actually will fit his, um, uh, overly, uh, juiced and, and, uh, and weight-lifted body. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm waiting for him to just flex out of a suit, because, like, that'd be almost worth it.
0: He was not nominated for GM of the year because he didn't do anything. (laughs) Oh!
2: I mean, he managed not to be, like, you know, your normal profound incompetence that is usually his want.
0: Right, right. So. so I maybe he should have been nominated then. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Don Sweeney, he said this was the first time he had been to the awards because he had never been nominated before and possibly because he was too cheap to buy a ticket. I love that because then I'm like, oh, that explains the look. <laughs> so what we know about Don Sweeney, he went to Harvard, he's cheap, and he won GM of the year. This is what we know. Bergie didn't look happy, but Then again, I don't think he expected
1: to win, so it's fine. Also, I don't blame him for not being happy because he's been nominated like eight years in a row and he's got gypped like four of those years and not winning. Like, holy shit. Why do they even nominate anybody else? Give him his
0: damn fifth award. Already, and then stop nominating him.
1: They literally are just refusing to give him the fifth award.
0: Yeah, I hate it. Stop it.
2: Stop it, you jerks.
0: All right, I think that's pretty much all I had. I had no notes, so I did
2: pretty well. Yeah, so, uh, well, for agency tomorrow, maybe
1: something interesting will happen. Don't expect a lot from free agency, is what I would say, even though Sweeney's like, oh, we're going to be active. I think next week we're going to be talking
0: about what other teams did and going, oh my god, can you even believe that? I'm, I'm
2: not going to rule out the possibility of him pulling a rabbit out of his ass, but I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Could he pull it out of a hat instead of his ass?
2: I mean, but, like, I suppose you could use the actual idiom if you wanted, but like, that's not really how
1: I roll. And also, I think it'd be way more impressive pulling it out of your ass and that's how impressive it's going to need to be for the Bruins to be active in free agency with their cap situation. As I said,
2: it could be a lot. Their cap situation could be a lot worse. There's a lot of teams with a lot less space than them. True. But anyway, so I guess uh, that's that then for today. I think so. Listeners, you've been listening to Barely On Top. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like what you've heard, give us a follow, rate us some stars, write a review, tell all your friends. If you don't want to talk to your friends about podcasts because you don't want to be that friend, we understand, too. But, you know, do what you can. (laughs) You can, of course, reach us on Twitter. That would be at Barely On Topic. Or on Facebook, that's at Barely On Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. But buyer beware. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade.
0: I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I'm at, yes, that is my dog snoring in the
2: background, dot com. Also known as at VA from R.I. Tim? Word.